Hello everybody, it's been a while, but we're back. My name is Danny Murray. We are back. My name is Graham Murray. We're back with a bang. This is WTS 242. 242. Incredible, man. It wouldn't work as a football formation at all. No. Mad into football now after the Euros, Graham. I've gone... Whew. Yeah. 242. That's eight players. So that yeah. is eight defenders in Gareth Southgate starting 11. Yeah. Burr. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Italia. I tell you. I tell you, man. Italia. Right. I... <laughs> Now, I said Italy would win it before, right? And I backed uh, Italy to win it with Ciro Immobile to be top scorer, which was foolish on my behalf because the chap forgot to play football very early on in the tournament. But yeah. there was what a What made brief... you do Immobile, then? I, I just... You, you and Dan... Are you and John love Serie A, don't you? Yeah, love, love Italian football, man. Love yeah. it. It's full of characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's full of characters. Like, Is that why you picked... No, I picked, to be honest with you, man, right? Honestly, I was looking at it and I genuinely didn't think Ronaldo would have a decent tournament because I didn't think Portugal would have a decent tournament. I wasn't banking on Ronaldo getting like fucking 24 penalties in the tournament, right? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't think Harry Kane would be up to much. And I, honestly, there's no word of a lie. I popped into Google, best FIFA strikers, and Chiro Mobile was up there and I said, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Love it. That's like championship manager. It's 100%. It yeah, I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, it was a short toy for the final. Short what a tournament, though. Loved every fucking minute of a man. But there was a very, very, very brief and tense moment where I thought, Jesus Christ, on the last episode of the podcast before we went on our summer holidays, all we done was talk about how shit England are and how they want to want. <laughs> <laughs> and then we said, how hey, we're going to look like ticks when they win it. And it nearly came through. But we had nothing to worry about. We had nothing to worry about. We had nothing to worry about. But here's the thing, right? Here is the thing. I think Gareth Southgate is very likable. Right. I think the England squad is very likable. No. I think... No. Well, just hear me out first and then right. let me hear you out. Right. I think, I think they're likable in as far as... There doesn't seem to be a divide with social issues um, in terms of what they got behind. The rainbow, the pride rainbow, right. uh, the knee and stuff. They, they seem quite... United in that front, and I think that considering uh, considering the rhetoric that that uh, came from pre and post Brexit, I think that is very admirable, and I think it's okay. It, it should be normal. It should be normal, but as well as that, in terms of the attacking players he picked, I thought during the tournament, not prior to uh, the podcast where we said there's not a hope, uh, but as the tournament was happening, I couldn't believe the approach he took. Now, I'm saying that about a team that made the final of a tournament. Mm. But as well as having said that, they are not, I don't think they're going to get an easier path to the final. Um, And I I, I find them likable in some respect, more likable than I've ever found them, which was zero prior to this tournament. Um, And don't get me wrong, when Italy won on penalties, it my house was like pots and pants. Uh, World Cup '94 when Ray Howard scored against Italy. It felt like Ireland won. It felt like Ireland won, and there was a relief. It was a relief because the people. Yeah. I didn't want to hear from the people. I didn't want to hear from the media. Yeah. But I just, I think, I think Southgate completely got it wrong. And it's, it's fine saying that because they got to the final. But mm. I mean, I think with the, 
attacking players to his disposal. I don't think he utilised them at all. Like, no, I think so. What I don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about the Euros probably a bit in more. a couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 exactly. But what I will say is that England team is a, it's a fraud. It's an absolute fraud. Gareth Southgate. While I can understand uh, what you're saying about him being like ability, and I can I I agree with the point of like it was good to see an English team take the knee. It was good to see an English team back the rainbow. It was good to see an English team with a social conscience. That's 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 brilliantly articulated. That's what I mean. However, however, still a bunch of arseholes. Their fans are still the worst in the world. I absolutely fucking hate their fans. In fact, I would strongly recommend every governing body out there thinks about banning their fans from a major tournament to actually show them it's not acceptable anymore lads you do this every time use an embarrassment to yourselves your embarrassment to your mothers and take a long hard look in the mirror and question yourself you're in your 40s grow up every one of you grow up right agree with every word you've said I think there's a lot of that England team that are completely overrated and overhyped and I think had they not had the circumstances that they had, they would not have got to the final. And by circumstances, you referenced it, the side of the draw they were on, I mean, the path they had, I could have made that final, man. I, me yeah. and my mini World Cup winning team in 1995 could have made that final with that yeah. path, right? I think on top of that, the factor in that, now I get it, every tournament has a host nation, but not every tournament has COVID and restrictions that allow for basically 100% of the attendance to be home fans only yeah you know what I mean like just no they had, they had everything on their side and they couldn't win it exactly sorry I just want to say one more thing on it. the Gareth Southgate thing Gareth Southgate I, I, I don't buy into him I don't buy into his waistcoats I don't buy into his toys I don't buy into his beard I don't buy into his atomic kitten singing I don't buy into any of it and I especially don't buy into his commentary about England being invaded by the Germans and the spirit of the Blitz Playing a part in the yeah, he yeah, ruined that get, now. Get in the fucking bin, Gareth. You absolute yeah. toss pot. I'm not having it. I'm sorry. No. Anyway, that's yeah, me. He, rant. He, that's he, me. Rant. He, I know, and and I agree with every single word you said. That bollocks of the spirit of Churchill. The two days before the final, get in the bin. Like he ruined it for me there. Uh, I, like there was a likability factor, and then when you read that, you're kind of going, Gareth, would you fucking get in the bin? Um. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about the Euros in a couple of weeks with hopefully a special guest. Um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Who are we talking to uh, this evening, Dan? Uh, this one is very, very special. We were supposed to do a couple of weeks ago. My internet shit the bed, uh, and then we went on our summer holidays. So uh, our guest this week kindly agreed to reschedule for after our summer holidays, and we got a good chat with Dave Rooney of the Black Donnellys. Dave, a Ballybrack man who has made good of himself across the water, and it is an Emmy Award winner, no less, thanks to his recent documentary, An Irish Story. It's out now. You can check it out. But why not hear from the man himself? All right, our first episode back after a bit of a Euro uh, 2020 hiatus is an Irish musician uh, who learned his craft in the beautiful Emerald Isle and took it to the American dream. Uh, he's a fantastic musician he's in a band the Black Donnellys um, and he's a recent himself and Dave Brown are recent Emmy Award winners it's one of my best mates uh, in skills brother it's David Rooney how are you Dave? <laughs> How's it going Graham? How are you doing? Great <laughs> nice thanks, for, thanks for the time 
No, Jay, you're more than welcome, Jesus. Uh, you, you know, I love talking to one of our own. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's always great to. Uh, I, I miss Ireland uh, terribly, and uh, you know, unfortunately for me, like like going away and all that, it's great to get all the bits and pieces and do what you you know you want. But you you love to be doing it at home. Unfortunately, the industry isn't there for us, so so you've got to get up and get out and, and see what's out there, and uh, and that's it. But uh, I, I I I miss the chipper. Hand <laughs> <laughs> each, is it? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the Cambo. Yeah. And the Cambo, yeah. Reid will be loyal with that plug anyway. God bless him. Uh, it's uh, it's mad, Dave, because like we'll 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 definitely talk about the Emmy and about the the uh, the rockumentary that yourself and Dave made as well. But um, sure. Any anyone who has been fortunate enough to go to fabulous Las Vegas may have encountered you in some way, shape, or form if they were lucky enough to get the reras at some point. Tell us how. Firstly, tell us how you, what made you go to Vegas and how, how the re-raw bit came about. Um, well, I've, I've, been, I've been always in love with America anyway, you know, you know as, as probably most people in Ireland are. Um, it always seems to be the, like, the big brother of, of Ireland and the place where you can go to make something of yourself, basically, you know. And uh, I was going heading over to New York. I was working with a young guy called George Murphy who was kind of a television, television uh, sensation uh, singer that was kind of uh, modelled on... Um, uh, a very famous Irish uh, traditional singer, Lou Kelly. So uh, he, he won that. Oh, I'm a star, or you're a star, whatever it was. Or he didn't win it actually. He was a he was a, a prominent uh, contestant. And anyway, he was over in, in the states, and and I was going over and back, and I was doing a few gigs with him, and then I started going over and doing a few gigs on my own and stuff like that. And uh, I'd already been playing with Dave Brown, who, whom I'd met previously in 2004 in Lanzarote. And um, I was down there playing uh, in Puerto del Carmen and we just had a chance meeting one night and then we got chatting and then he was talking about people he knew and it turns out we knew everybody. He, everybody he knew, I knew kind of thing, but we hadn't met yet. So I was kind of thinking about going back to, to Ireland and I got back there in 2006. He says, I've got a couple of gigs for us, you know. He says, do you want to come back and we do a bit of work together? And I says, yeah, okay, no problem. So the first gig was uh, the Point Depot uh, opening for Madness. Uh, which was like just the biggest thing that ever happened to me. Nice. <laughs> I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan, and and, and Graham, uh, uh, Mark Merrigan, I know is a, is a devout Madness fan, and uh, uh, I, I'm sure it would have been. I'm sure he he'd appreciate these uh, this story, you know. But um, so anyways, uh, that's where I started, uh, you know, um, playing with Dave, and uh, and everything went downhill from there. <laughs> but um, uh, how we got to Las Vegas was. I was to and from to America. I was loving the, the boy I was getting over there. Dave uh, had gotten a gig over there uh, in Rira and he said, do you want to come over for the game? I said, yeah, sure. So over we went. I'm used to do like, let's say two weeks stints, uh, three times a year. And, uh, and uh, we did that for about three years and we were starting to really get fond of the place and uh, it was working really well. And one of the biggest things that was working was the original music was working really well because, <clears throat> excuse me, I am, I, um, I'm a songwriter, as you probably know, and, and uh, uh, one of the things that I'd like to do at, at any of the gigs, you know, uh, would be to play your own your own stuff and then mix it up with the covers and that. Like, so it kind of sets you apart then because people w- w- will remember you outside of people going to the pub, listening to a load of covers and then getting absolutely obliterated and going, oh, that was a great night last night. What was the name of that band? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. This kind of thing. Whereas, yeah, when you're writing songs, uh, people tend to you know, catch on to the story of it and they make their own, they attach that song to their own life and their own experience and so on. And, it, well, hence making you more memorable to them, you know, that kind of way. So it's a good way, it's a good way to kind of set your feet and, and dip your toe in the water 
into that kind of, you know, uh, songwriting artist kind of vibe and, and try to push your brand forward. Anyway, long story short, I know I'm, I know I'm going on here. Long oh, story brand, short, brand, you're here to talk, Dave, man. Dave. You're here to talk. <laughs> Dave, were you, okay. were you, am I right in saying you were, you, you were selling CDs as you were gigging in Ireland before going to America? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was one of the things that I did. Uh, I started doing it in Lanzarote, actually, and uh, uh, I've been writing songs ever since the, well, I lived in Denmark, 97, that's where, which is where I kind of started. And I worked in a bar called The Shamrock, and then I, I met a, a fellow from Dublin over there, and he says, oh, I like, you, I like your stuff and all that. Do you want to t- tour together? And I do uh, uh, Finland, Norway, Sweden, Germany, and Denmark. It was kind of a circuit that was run by a company called Blackwater Music. Uh, a guy from Cork, his name is uh, John. Oh, John, what's his, what's his name? John Higgins. So, um, so I, I went with him and, and started doing it all around there as well. Um, it's, it's, it's how, how do I put this? People in Europe, Europeans kind of like that whole vibe. At home, it's harder to do it when you're playing to locals and people that know you kind of thing. Because you're like, oh, nah, unless they see you on the television or hear you on the radio. You know, uh, Irish people, we love things that shine. You know, if, if it's shiny, we want it, you know. <laughs> and the only, re- the only way that would, would shine is if you're on the radio or on the, you know, on, on the television. So, and it's very hard for any uh, artist, uh, and many artists will vouch for this over there, to try and get your stuff onto the radio or onto it's very very competitive and it's, it's only the chosen few get through and stuff like that. Europe it's a little bit easier to do it because people kind of tend to you know uh, to go for that. First of all, you're a token, you're uh, you're different because you're not from there. Number one. Secondly, uh, Irish music travels all over the world, and whether that's traditional, contemporary, original, it doesn't matter. Point of it is, it travels very very well. So people fall in love with the Irish uh, persona all over the world. It's amazing how popular we actually are, you know? And as, as much as we like to chop each other down, <laughs> even though we're great cracking the pub and all that, but we have, we have this sort of thing where, like, you know, I don't mind you doing well, but you're not going to be doing better than me. There's a little bit of that goes on. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, yeah, out there, it's, it's, a much, it's, 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 it's easier. And then coming to the States, uh, they really buy into the whole Irish thing, you know? And it gives you license then to go and do what you want to do. As long as you're willing to get up, get at them, try hard, um, you know, work on your craft, make sure what you're delivering is good, make sure like, you see the reaction is working, which is very important, and, uh, and then take it from there. That's how I got here. That's how I got here. We propositioned uh, Rira when we were here. We'd be your uh, house band because we thought it was a great window um, to be seen. and, 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 and uh, and we were right because uh, we've gotten lots of offers. We met all sorts of producers, uh, labels, um, filmmakers, and so on, and which hence brought us into the what we're doing right now. You know, brilliant, brilliant. It's it's mad. It's yeah, like I'm fascinated by people who who kind of take that like a different path for want of better terms. You know what I mean? And you've yeah. gigged all over the world to to get mm-hmm. to where you are, which is which is incredible like you know and you've been in vegas right. for uh, how long are you based there now uh seven years seven years i'm here now yeah we've one of the longest uh running residencies in in vegas so which is which is great which is great it works for us and we have a returning crowd it's quite yeah. transient here and that yeah. kind of works for you for you because you have a conveyor belt of people coming in and out but what's actually happened over time people remember you and they come back and they want to see you and so on blah 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 so uh, there's not a night that we're in there that there's not someone that has come back you know at this stage and obviously 
we had a couple of very prominent moves here. Uh, I wrote the song for the for McGregor for the <laughs> for the ever infamous McGregor uh, for the uh, UFC 202 return yeah. fight with uh, with Diaz, and the UFC put that out, um, and it, it got us a, a, an awful lot of uh, uh, exposure, and uh, that kind of put the pub on the map in, in a lot of ways because uh, all the Irish would come there for the fights. There'd be a sea of green and stuff like that. We broke the world record for the longest concert ever held uh, at RERA, uh, 15 days and 10 hours, two, 372 hours. Uh, what else did we do? Uh, 15 days? Sort of 15 days and 10 hours is what we did, yeah. Yeah, so, so what we had was, I <laughs> know you're looking at me there going, what? <laughs> so, 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 so we had, a, we had a, um, a, a kind of a tag system and we flew in uh, Liam Royley from Bagatelle and... Uh, and various sort of uh, Irish artists and, and prominent American artists, and we did a tag team. But we led the charge on it, and uh, and, and we were we spent the most time on the stage. I sang for 190 hours or something like that. So Jesus. it was it was it, it was killer, man. I was really ill after it, you know. But we broke the world Imagine record, it. and then yeah, yeah. So things like that that has happened uh, is great. It's really put ourselves on the map and and, and put uh, Rira on the map, and they've been very helpful to us. And uh, it's been reciprocated. So, so it's been a, it's been very, very uh, exciting kind of roller coaster ride. And I won uh, best Irish songwriter of the year, singer songwriter of the year in 2012 uh, by RadioIrish.com in New York City. So, um, America's been really good to me. So, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to now that we're actually getting to the place where we can start go going and touring and stuff like that because the world is closed down. We're all play, playing catch up. Uh, Next year, it's going to be a much bigger year for us, so fingers crossed. How, how has that been for you for the last, what are we talking, 16 months or so now? Like, obviously, like a lot of our listeners are based in Ireland, and we've got people all over the world, but we know the story in Ireland, there's been, the entertainment industry has been absolutely shot, man, you know? But how, right. how has it been for, for you over there as an entertainer? Well, it's, it's been very, very tough. Um, so, basically, Las Vegas closed down. So we were let go for four months. So, uh, so we'd know earnings and stuff like that. And then, um, and then they brought us back then uh, and had us for two, two days a week and three days a week. And uh, a lot of the places, there's a, there was a moratorium on all, all the uh, mortgages. Uh, I don't have a mortgage area rent. And then uh, there was a lot of forgiveness on the rents, meaning that you could you know, catch up you know, when the world started opening up again. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people are, are, are hurting, still hurting from it. Like you know, the good thing about over here is is that it does have the industry and it has it has opened up and started to open up. Um, but we've been lucky now; we're going back now, so we're about maybe six months behind ourselves. But but it's there for us to go and get. So things are going to be much better. Thank God. Dave, what was the expectation? There? Sorry, Danny, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and so Vegas itself is reopened now, and it's. Are you starting to see an increase in kind of like we had obviously you know the, the weekend gone there, a McGregor fight, which usually means a decent crowd of people coming in for a big event like a UFC or whatever. So if you started to notice the the footfall is returning, is it looking promising? Like, oh, oh absolutely, one hundred percent. So the T-Mobile was uh, was full, twenty one and a half thousand people. Um, we, I was actually supposed to be uh, playing Connor in. Uh, and Dustin uh, Poirier in. Uh, oh. He's from Lafayette. He's from Lafayette in uh, Louisiana, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, and obviously Connor's from Dublin. So, uh, so the tunes before before the Sinead song, and and obviously the Biggie Smalls, uh, Notorious, 
uh, we, we were going to be the Irish band. I was going to bring in a seven piece and we were going to have some Irish dancers and stuff like that. That was the plan. Because the, the UFC got in contact with me uh, about three weeks ago. And he said, listen, we want to try and organize this. And I said, okay, grand. So we went through the, you know, the, 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 the ifs, the ands, and the boots. And, uh, and, and we were getting to the place, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Problem was is that uh, this is the first time that, that the fighters came out from different angles. Mm. And, excuse me. And in order to play the music, you need to be beside where the, the, the fighter is coming out, which would mean that, like, you play over this side and then you'd have to run over the other side. And, and what happened there was health and safety came into play. And because of the, the restrictions, uh, you know, of the opening restrictions are a little bit more stringent than normal. Uh, they said, look, we can't do that. Connor was supposed to win that fight, by the way, and get the title fight with, um, with uh, Oliviera. I was talking to John Cavanagh on the tours tonight. He, he came in for a point and we were having a chat and, and he was telling me that, uh, yeah, so... If he, if he wins this fight, he gets the title fight uh, with Oliveira, and that'll be at the, the new Allegiant Stadium, which is 75,000 people. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, the UFC got a torch and said, listen, we can't do it. Um, uh, we've got a health and safety issue. The timing's not right, but we want to do it for the next one. We love the idea. So, um, so yeah, and then he goes and breaks his leg. So, <laughs> I don't know, or his ankle. So, I don't know what to, you know, so, so we leave that there. But yes, for sure, uh, definitely, in answer to your question, uh, definitely, uh, it's getting much, much more busier, and we have uh, conventions starting and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, you can. It's it's very, very evident that uh, there's lots of people here now. Yeah, they love conventions in Vegas, don't they? Yeah, they love them. Yeah, like four or five thousand people come to to the, the hotel, and then they they do what they do in the, in the daytime, and they come in and go crackers in the pub at night time. <laughs> everyone, everyone just lets loose and uh, let's go, and uh, and we're there to you know to to ensure that you do that, you know. Yeah. But uh, but it's it, it's good fun. There's a lot of positivity here, and uh, you got the weather. Although it's it's 47 degrees at the moment Celsius, so. Uh, it, it, it's very, very, very hot at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for me. Crazy. Yeah, I was there in July before, and it was. Uh, yeah, there was, a, there was a there was a lot of ducking in the hotels for air conditioning. Shall we yeah. say? Absolutely. Yeah. Have you got used to the heat, Dave? <laughs> I don't think you'll ever get used to that. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're doing, let's say, this intense heat is only for about three months every year. A lot of people don't understand that. They think it's like that all the time. Oh, Jesus, you know. But no, it's very, very temperate here. Uh, you're anywhere between... I've, I've forgotten about Celsius now because I use Fahrenheit all the time. But like, it's in around the 20s, 25s. You know what I mean? It's nice and comfortable. It's warm. Uh, you can go to the pool if you want. You, can, you know, it's nice. It gets, it gets cool, very cold at nighttime, actually. Yeah. Uh, you can go down to freezing point and all the rest, which is weird in the desert. It's a, it's a, it's a funny place that way, you know. But... Mm. Um, but uh, but no, I haven't gotten used to it, Graham. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's not something that I, I, I see me getting used to anytime soon. No, no. Um, so, Dave, would you say like you've exceeded? What expect, expectations did you have going to America? And would you say you've exceeded them? Particularly well, with it, the Emmy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, many Irish people have won an Emmy. Like? I, I, I don't recall, to, to be honest with you. It's not something that I, that I measured up uh, against anybody else. But, uh, um, you, you know, when stuff is like that's happening to you, you're kind of like bamboozled, you know, staring. Oh, Jesus. I mean, we were, we were shortlisted for the Grammy uh, for the song, for the movie. And we were beaten by Beyonce and uh, ZZ Top and the Beastie Boys. 
So that's good company to get it's beaten by. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not you're not in bad company was, there at all. No, yeah. no, no, not at all. And uh, so that was that was it was grand. Uh, you know, you're always hopeful you're going to win. And then we got nominated for the for the um, for the Emmy. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I had a feeling, I had an inkling that like, just like, maybe we'll win this. You know, I don't know why that is. I, you could say that anyway. But um, and then on the other side of that, thinking that uh, you, you just think, okay, well, the nomination's very good. So people say, oh, Grammy nominated band stuff like that. So you you could have used these little little words to help your profile and stuff like that. But um, but to win it, um, so it's very funny actually how this happened because we were driving in, we were driving in uh, to work and. Um, uh, sometimes Brown I drive, sometimes I drive. So we do a half and half during the week. So if you want a beer, well, one of us can have a beer, and you know that kind of way. So you, yeah. you play it safe that way. But uh, anyway, we're, we're <laughs> so it was an online, it was an online thing, and um, it was on Facebook, and we were watching it. This is the uh, the Natus. Uh, yeah, I have it written down here. The Na- National Academy Na- of Television Arts and Science. <laughs> Thank you. Look at here that. at the end of this. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Have a look at. Have a look at her. Ain't she pretty? Stunning. <laughs> I was going to read that after that. There you go. Anyway. Merlo has matched anyway. somebody just like that on Tinder a few times now, actually. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> good man. Flying the flag. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so we're in the car anyway. I'm, I'm watching it. And uh, Brown is driving. And, and I'm, I'm holding And we're watching it. And, said, and the nominees are, right? And, and it comes up, this is my home. And then there's... Uh, there was three or four other, four no actually I believe there was seven other other contestants that was grand other documentaries, and then uh, and uh, and uh, the Emmy goes too, but they don't make, they, they don't announce it like, and then this is my home came up like you know da, 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 and then it just went off, and then <laughs> he's looking at me and said did we, did we win? <laughs> I don't know and what happened I don't know. And the only reason that we knew that we won was that uh, people were ringing us on Messenger from Ireland who were watching it because I'd put it up on the page. If you want to watch the ceremony, here it is, like you know. So, uh, oh, well done, well done. And I was like, we won. He <laughs> nearly, nearly crashed the bleeding car. He did. So, uh, so we got down into the place and then we walked in and then everyone was clapping their hands and all that. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a great moment. It really was. Uh, Absolutely. Very, very proud moment. And uh, uh, you never think... All of these things are, are quite political in their way, you know what I mean? And you never think like that, like two lads from, 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 from Dublin are, are, are going to, you know, you jump into the big pond, whatever about Ireland, you can be a bigger fish in a little pond for all the good that it does you. But when you come to America, you're certainly a little fish in a, in a big pond. You know, there's so many people here, 400 million plus, And there's an awful lot of singer, songwriters, artists, all kinds of people like that, you know, so... Um, it was an achievement, and I was, uh, I was, I've been over the moon ever since. It's been fantastic, and it's opened up a lot of doors, festivals, agencies, everybody getting in contact. So we're going to have uh, the next five years is going to be very, very busy for us, definitely. Brilliant! Love you love to hear it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank God, thank I, God I, for it. You know, just, just to, just to, to be a prequel of that little story. What was what? Why did you win the Emmy? Like, what did you? Do like where did the idea come from with the documentary and what? Just tell you us everything it, about the documentary. Okay, it's 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 very very uh, serendipitous how, how it all happened. Um, so uh, Brown Brown is a great ideas man, you know, and he's always kind of oh try that, we try this, and he comes up with this stuff. And much to the point where he starts saying stuff to me, and I just ignore him, or I say, look, get away from me, I don't even want to. That's what Danny does to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's great to have that kind of driving force, uh, you know, 
Um, the good thing is, the good thing is, is um, are we gone? No, Merlo's oh, just, yeah, he's oh. back. His <laughs> camera's just going on and off. <laughs> anyway, the good thing is uh, uh, to have that. And, and we're both kind of very, very uh, ambitious in our, in our way. And uh, we're always coming up with, with, with different ideas. Or uh, I might have an idea and he'd add to it and then I add to it. And that's, that's how it rolls. But um, so we were looking at something. Oh, yeah. Brown was talking. We were playing one night and, and, and there was a guy in the crowd. And uh, he said something about it. He was talking about, oh, yeah, my son, daughter, just did 48 states or 50 states. Bernard goes, is that a thing? Do people do that? And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, to do that, it's, it's great. So he went and looked online, and it turns out that uh, George uh, Thorogood, who's famous for Bad to the Bone, blues guitarist, uh, he, he, he did 50, 50 gigs in 50 states in 50 days. So that gave us a kind of a... So Bernard goes, I think we should try and do this. Like, Let's do 60 gigs in 50 states in 40 days. So it's oh, okay. So we went about setting up that, and... Uh, what was <laughs> what we were about to encounter? No one could ever have prepared us for <laughs> because it's uh, it's not something that you just do on a whim, and it's, it, there's a serious amount of preparation that you would need to do this. And, and we did a lot of the preparations, but we didn't quite get it right from, from the word go. And that was, you know, pertaining to people that we hooked up with as well to help us along, who weren't really helping us, but hooking us and had ulterior motives and, and all this kind of stuff. There was all that background stuff going on anyway with regards to the um, with regards to the uh, getting the meeting the filmmaker so so I was put in touch with this management company and I talked to them and they said they wanted to help us out and get involved and that they would book us after because we'd get massive exposure from this that was grand so the following two or three days he comes to me and says look uh, I'll be talking to some filmmakers we're going to uh, make, a, make a movie of this you know which I said fantastic so between the heel and the hood, he says, look, will you go and meet them and talk to them and, and tell them your story and what you're going to do? So Carl Nicoli had just moved here, Frequency Pictures. He'd moved here from Los Angeles. And uh, him and Michael Tussard, who's a, uh, he's a, an Emmy Award-winning DP, Director of uh, Photography. So I go, and meet the, uh, I go and meet the director anyway, and we sit down and we talk. And we get on very, very well, and we're having a chat for, for a good two hours. And I brought uh, all my original music that I had. So I did about three, I released about three solo albums. And I brought them. And we had some, some uh, do we have some songs as well? Anyway, so being the songwriter of the band, anyway, I just brought all the stuff. So I had it. So I'm sitting down yapping away to him. And um, so we get on very well. And he goes, yeah, this is great. And blah, blah, blah. And he said, I love the music. I love the song. I love the idea. So This Is My Home uh, it, it was the, obviously the main song on it, which we called uh, the documentary. Uh, and an Irish story was, was the idea from the distribution company because uh, particularly when it's been released in America, an Irish story, people, you know, all the Irish levitate to because you have like 50 to 70, I think it's over 50 million uh, uh, diaspora over here, you know, people with Irish uh, descent and heritage and so on. So um, uh, we got on very well. He said, yeah, we're going to do it. So we had to go and get um, finance for this movie, right? So how are we going to do that? So we, we, we played at a Folktale Winery um, up in Carmel, and it's a 250 uh, tickets uh, selling, um, um, outside theatre, if you want to put it. It's played in a barrel room, very cool place. It's out on this building out in the vines on the winery, beautiful place uh, up by Pebble Beach um, Golf Club in, in Carmel, and that's central California, uh, Monterey uh, Peninsula. And uh, we were up there, 
Um, we were being very successful there and, and the owner really liked us and we got friendly with him and stuff like that. And so uh, we went to talk to him about, could you finance something like this, you know? And he loved the idea and we sold him on it and he, 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 financed, it. he financed it, So which is fantastic. So it was, it was a big, it was a big uh, rigmarole to get this thing done, absolutely. And then, uh, and, and we, set about, we set about going uh, on the road with it. So we had, we had the funding, or most of it. A lot of uh, the funding that was supposed to come in didn't come in. So on the day that we were leaving, we didn't even have an RV. Um, so that was a problem. And we had to drive in my car to Arizona while the RV or the money was coming in. So it was coming in in drips and drabs and it wasn't, but it wasn't coming in fast enough. But ultimately we didn't have enough money to do it, uh, which, which, which caused a lot of people pain and, and uh, caused a lot of people grief and stuff like that. But it was only down to, not what we were saying we were going to do, but with the, with the other crowd that were helping us, uh, weren't really helping us, you know? So that's, that's how we get into that. That's how that all happened, you know? It's it's gas. I I've, I've watched the the documentary there. I'd say absolutely brilliant. Watched it. There's so many bits in it that that jump out. Like it's um for anyone who wants to watch it, you can you kind of you can get it. I, I watch it on Apple TV and uh, you can right. get it on Amazon and all that as well. But um right, like <laughs> there's bits where you crack up laughing. There's bits where the, the, the two of you guys are are brilliant together. Uh, there's a volcano eruption when you're there in Hawaii. The, the the RV is a saga in itself, but mixed into all the humor and the story, there's really really touching moments as well. There's the, the bit about your cousin, and then as well uh, as you guys get to to the end of the whole thing, it it, it just absolutely amazing. Like, but it, was it thirty five days you were gone, thirty five days away from home in this camper van, chasing flights, chasing gigs. Some gigs fall through, so you end up playing in places like nursing homes to, to keep the record going kind of thing. Like, uh, unbelievable. Your, your, unbelievable. Your, men, your mental health must have took a hammer and loving it oh, and listen. hating it at the same time. <laughs> listen, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it was horrendous, and, and that RV was haunted as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was things going on in there that shouldn't have been going on, and uh, it, it, it was blown up more times than a beach ball. We broke down... <laughs> Uh, we had a, uh, we had um, uh, with the police chasing us. We had uh, the air conditioning <laughs> went out. We had um, it was really really weird. There was there was um, there was women and, uh, and men running after you as well. It was a bit weird, you know. Um, we had we had a which which we always say we're never going back to Idaho Falls because they're all mad up there. But um, uh, no, it, 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 yeah, absolutely. The uh, the mental state was really, it was real acid house, you know what I mean? Um, and what was happening was there was a crew of 11 of us all together. How's it going? And um, there was a crew of about 11 of us and uh, we were um, <laughs> we were going around with a pursuit vehicle and we had the RV and 11 people and they're all supposed to be getting paid but nobody was getting paid because the money wasn't there to pay them, you know? And uh, uh, as a result, as you can imagine, there was these little... <laughs> little clicks starting to form, you know, in, 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 so internally. So you, he wasn't talking to him and he wouldn't be talking to him. And there was a couple of like very tasty moments going through where people were losing the rag and stuff like that. Also, Folktale Winery gave us about uh, 16 cases of red wine to promote uh, <laughs> when we were going along. Uh, I'll give you one guess what happened to that. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so that was getting buried uh, to help the people uh, just just get through it, get get on, get by. Um, yeah, we, we were selling we were selling uh, uh, CDs and T-shirts, and then we had a GoFundMe account just to try and make the thing happen. You know, so it was uh, un- unbelievable, uh, absolutely unbelievable. But we got there in the end, and um, uh, I don't know how we did. I honestly don't know how we did. But the amount of things that happened, uh, you could not. Uh, prepare yourself for like you say the volcano eruptions the uh, the hurricanes the uh, tornadoes uh, the breakdowns mentally and mechanically um, I mean it really really was a saga I do not know how we made it to New York I don't I still don't know and there was four or five very very tentative times where where uh, we're saying okay let's call it you know we were in Alabama I remember down happening there Wisconsin happening there uh, just when we got from the west coast uh, through middle America and then started to get you know heading towards the east the, the, the uh, states get smaller so you could cover more and I think that's really what saved us uh, you could cover more ground and do it quicker you, you felt like you were getting there and we started to realize okay we play a gig sell a few CDs get some food because they were just giving us food we're like paupers we were <laughs> <laughs> uh, sell a CD uh, maybe a t-shirt or whatever they give you a donation or whatever like that and that's how how we got through uh, on Believable. Our friends came in in the end and you know sorted out some of the lads and whatever outstanding bills they were and stuff like that. People are great in this country for that, like where they, they you know, they have a company and they have like tax write-offs and stuff like that. Well, then they were able to kind of help us out. Uh, but uh, it was it was a saga. Good word, a saga. Yeah. <laughs> would you do, would you do it again? I don't think so. But here's it's another sequel, thing, like sequel for the Oscar. Listen, here's what's happening. So. Uh, we're actually uh, start. We've actually started our second one. Um, it's called Through a Storm, and uh, I'll be putting out something this week about it. Actually, and it's uh, it, it it's been directed by a guy called Jeff Ohm, uh, who's worked on the Fifth Element and the Revenant, and uh, let me see, Spider Man, and all of these massive movies. Uh, and he's he's directed it anyway, and uh, he's great. We had him, and we had Don King's and Mike Tyson's. Phil and crew who were in. Uh, we've uh, Benny uh, Reedfeld from Santana, who's co-producing the project, and and again, it's been sponsored. So uh, by by companies that, that if if we uh, expose their brand, um, you know, on on the on the dock the movie because they know it's going to get massive exposure, and also there's links into Apple TV, um, uh, Netflix, and the other one and, and Amazon Prime. Uh, who are interested in in, in, uh, in putting it out? So that's all in the making. This through a storm. Jesus. Not to get, not to get off not to get off story line here at the moment, but very quickly, uh, it's to coincide with the 20th anniversary of 9/11. And the caption is, "Where were you uh, when 9/11 happened?" And what we've done is we've interviewed people from New York. Uh, we're heading off to New York there in two weeks to look to talk to um, the, the fire departments and and the NYPD. Uh, and get their stories about it. Um, we have a sizzle going to Netflix. Hopefully, they'll take it on, and then you know they'll take the project. And it's a one-stop shop. Then all your marketing, all your advertising, and obviously your distribution is all done in a one-stop yeah. shop. That's that's the way to go. Because if you're an independent artist like this, uh, there's no way that, that you can do the stuff without driving yourself insane. You know. So heading off for that, all culminating with a, a performance outside the Freedom Building on 9/11 with the NYPD, pipe bands, and the FDNY. And we various Amazing. sort of police departments that want to get want to get involved with it as well. So th- this could this could actually pick up a little bit of dust. Why do you want to do it? Well, 
here, here it is. Uh, we were in New York in 2018. Browner had seen this before, uh, back when it happened. But uh, we went over to the Freedom Building and I'd seen all the Irish names uh, all engraved. Over a thousand people with Irish descent died on that day. And then you see all the, the green uh, jerseys and the, you know, the, the football jerseys and so on. And it hits you, you know. So immediately we, we wanted to do something to respectfully uh, remember them because there's not, after 20 years, you know, there's a lot of kids that have grown up now that actually don't actually realize how, how bad that was yeah. and, and what it's it means. It's mad that it's 20 people. years ago. It's, Jeez. It's, it's, it's crazy cr- that you're crazy. saying it. Like my, 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 my brother-in-law is, like he was born in 99 and I remember there really? we had a conversation and he was like, yeah, like, because I've seen it on TV, but I mean, but like, and he's just completely desensitized to it. He doesn't... Oh, like, That's I, a great word. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because there's no... Like, I can remember. I remember being in school and, like, our we class We were in being, school, yeah. We were yeah, in Lawrence in, in Lawrence College. College, yeah. And I can remember, like, the class being interrupted <laughs> but to, to be yeah. told this, like, yeah, and just... And then, you know, he's a, a few years younger than me, shall we say, and then he's just like, yeah, I mean, like, it, it looks bad, but, I mean, was it really that big a deal? I'm like... Well, yeah, I, 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 I was actually, Dave, was with your brother, Robert, and we right. were, um, as we call, doing laps around the school. Um, right. And Miss Delaney, uh, the librarian, was bringing a TV out, and she's like, did you just not hear? Everyone was all a bit somber, and we were just fooling about, and she's like, lads, did you just not hear what happened? Uh, now, the way she described it on the day, I'll never forget, and I wonder if Robert remembers. She said, Fight, uh, fighter jets are after crashing in to the World Trade Center. And me and Robert Roots are like, what do you mean fighter jets? The World Trade... She had to have got that wrong. Like, we didn't believe her. And then we made yeah. our way downstairs. And do you remember the TVs and the, and the carriers? Mm. Yeah. Brother Fred was watching it on the TV outside one of the, the maintenance room. Yeah. And then we just see commercial planes are after going there. We're like, what the fuck? It was just towards yeah. the end of the school day. We're like, what? Yeah, so, so Danny, it's where you, where you put it. Or you very rightly said it, uh, people are desensitized to it. And it's a very good word because a lot of people are saying to me, thank you very, very much for doing this, which I didn't really kind of, you know, okay, well, you know, it's just something that we wanted to do. But, but the reason why they're saying that is because uh, they've realized that a lot of people don't actually uh, feel what they're feeling. Like, I, I'm... The beauty about moving around the States and doing what I do uh, when I'm not playing at RERA, playing other shows and doing all this sort of stuff is that you get to meet a lot of these people that were actually present um, yeah. when this was going on, whether they were on the New York side or the, the Jersey side. And some of these stories, and, and bear in mind, a lot of these people haven't, um, haven't spoken about this very much uh, since it happened. So they're kind of surprised uh, because they're answering spontaneously uh, to the questions that were put into them. Or at least the director is putting to them, and and um, he's he's very um, he's very surprised and, and delighted that he's getting these kind of reactions because uh, he wasn't expecting it to be so hard felt, and people are breaking down, crying about it as well, you know. And, and but they're they're frustrated with, with younger people who, who who don't realize and they're desensitized to it. So it was a good word that you used there. So so fair play, fair play. Yeah, no um, and so, so sorry, go on, go on, go on. No, so that's what we're doing. So this is the new documentary. It's called Through a Storm. Um, what we've done is we've re-recorded uh, Jerry Marston's uh, You'll Never Walk Alone. And uh, we've done it with a gospel choir and uh, with a brass section and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's big, bad, and it's bold. And uh, I like that song 
not only because I'm a Liverpool fan, but uh, also it's it's one of them songs that uh, lifts people up, um, and the message in it will lift people up in, in darker times. And uh, I think it's a very apt. Uh, Through a storm is a great name for the doc, and uh, it, it's uh, it, it'll touch a lot of hearts. That's for sure. That's you for can't sure. go wrong with a gospel choir as well. Yeah, it's, it's it's just something. I mean, it, it, you can build a song. You can start with nothing, and you know, with a, the acoustic guitar, and build up from there. You can make a song as big as you want to make it, as long as you have the time and the resources to do it. But uh, this is it's it's really big. Like the song is really big, and uh, it's in C major. So it's 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 when you hit the high C, it's it's a big, bad, and bold note to try and hit from a vocal perspective, you know. But uh, it's a uh, it's it's I'm liking the way it's shaping. Uh, we're early doors. Uh, as I say, we're heading over to New York now in a, co- a couple of weeks to speak with all the fire departments, to speak with the charities. So all the proceeds from the from the uh, the, the single release will go to the NYPD and the FDNY uh, foundations, which are the widows and orphans of the fallen that died on on that fateful day. So um, uh, all the the, the the first responders brotherhood, which is all the fire departments, all the news, uh, sorry, the police departments all the way around uh, the USA and, and beyond are all getting involved. So uh, this could be fairly, fairly big in, in its outreach and uh, it's going to appease a, a lot of people and, uh, and help people along and help them uh, remember all of these people that were running towards the bullets and not away from them and running towards the fire and not away from them, which is what they do on a daily basis. And um, uh, just, just killer, you know, so it's great to be doing it for the Irish people that died, and also not only for them, but for, for everybody else, because we're giving our a little bit back to what America has given us, and we think that's that's the nice thing to do, you know? Absolutely, Brilliant. yeah. Sounds like it'll be a cracker, man. Really look forward to hearing more about that, and when it eventually comes out, getting getting us down and watch it. Um, yeah. the, the, the Emmy Award winning doc, though, as I said, it, people can go and check it out now if they haven't already. Um. Uh, Obviously, you, you filmed it a couple of years ago and that kind of thing, and it's it's got a kind of lease of life now, obviously, with the award win and, and everything else. How how have you found the attention that's come on from it? It's it's absolutely incredible um, how people see it. <laughs> the first thing, when people see it on a screen, uh, they change the whole approach to you. Um, your, your your value seems to go up, you know. You, you, I'm not going to say, I'm not a celebrity or anywhere near it, but at the same time, what it does is it, it, it gives you an exposure and it gives you a popularity. Uh, I know we're not quite a popular band. Like, like people like what we do, and that's good enough for me, you know. But, uh, no, people change how they see you, you know, and uh, they, they treat you with a, a bit more, uh, well, was it all right if I talk to you kind of thing, you know. And um, there's a bit of that, like, that, uh, uh, what's there's a, there's a word, they super sensationalize, they super sensationalize the, the whole thing. But it's amazing what it does for you. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. loving it, you know. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but you enjoy it and stuff. But sometimes it can get a bit, you know, people can be a bit over the top, you know, about it. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you feel a bit, um, they can encroach on you a little bit. And that gets a bit uncomfortable. So I can see, I can see why the need for, let's say when somebody gets a bit of exposure, a band gets a bit of exposure, well, these green rooms and all this kind of stuff where they, you know, they come out and they perform and they go to the green room and they, what they're doing in there is they're hiding in there. What they're yeah, doing. yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know I mean? people don't understand that, 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 you know, oh, I want to get at you and talk and all that kind of stuff. And it's great to do that, to get out and talk to people. But, the, you know, it, there's, um, there's a threshold to it, definitely. There's a threshold to that. 
kind of behavior, you know. So it, it, it certainly did open opportunities for you, like you said, with the, the, the latest documentary. Has any um, opportunities come your way from your homeland? <laughs> no. no. Is that disappointing? It, it, or? For me, no. For me, it's not. Um, I, I, Dave Brown, maybe a little bit. Um, I don't. Uh, and I'll tell you the very reason why. Well, first of all, uh, it, it's just a pity that a lot of the, um, the media hasn't picked up on it. Now, we have a friend in the Sunday world and we have a, a guy in the mirror that did something there. And, and, very, and, and, and don't get me wrong, in the past they have, uh, the RTE got involved with us, with the world records and all that kind of stuff. But um, as time went on, I noticed various sporting events weren't being covered, like the likes of Katie um, Taylor winning and, uh, and the world championships and, and, uh, and winning all our latest boat, belts and all that. Excuse me. And um, I, I didn't understand why they weren't covering that. You couldn't see much coverage of it. Like, you know, it's really weird. So they're very selective in, in, in what they're going after and what stories they are. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, to me, uh, of course, it, it's a small bit. You, you say, oh, well, it's a pity that you're, you're not doing that. But at the same time, the bulk of your work and the bulk of your support and the bulk of what you're doing is all based here in the States because the industry is here. So, you know, uh, apart from like your tip of the cap and, you know, whatever, uh, it doesn't really bother me that that's not happening, you know? Um, We've got enough exposure over there, but this this is where the industry is over here. So this is what we're focused on. Um, now, I say this very, very clearly. I love being Irish and I love Ireland. You know what I mean? And that's nothing got to do with uh, like what the media, whether they, they they cover us or, or they don't. You know, I'm real. I'm a very proud Irish man. You know, and uh, and that's it. So I, I would say nothing against Ireland. Uh, I, I love the place and I love the people and the sense of humour because we're great people. And anyone that doesn't like us. Well then, well then they don't like us. Well, well, it's a good, it's a good segue to to my next comment. Like, what what do you miss most about Ballybrack? I told you the chipper. The chipper. <laughs> well, uh, next time you're I, home, we'll make sure there's a bag of chips waiting on you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I love all of that. I love the um, I love the sense of humour, which I miss uh, big time. You know, uh, we don't realise the the characters that we are, or maybe we do, but a lot of people don't. We also don't realise how beautiful our country is and what like like what it looks like. Our hospitality is and our friendliness is second to none. Uh, one very interesting thing that I think all Irish people should do is try Ireland as a as a tourist. Take a week and try it as a tourist and see how you get on. Uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, I jumped I used to jump on a train, go down to County Clare and Cork sitting in bars, drinking lovely pints of Guinness and Murphy's and trying all the local cuisines and the local fish and the, you know, the sustainable local foods and all that stuff. And all these, these different uh, uh, breweries, microbreweries popping up and all these other bits and pieces. We've got a lot to offer on that stuff, you know. Um, uh, a lot of people would be pleasantly surprised what they got. I went up and I did the, um, uh, the Clemenum Jail uh, tour. Oh, that was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I couldn't. And I said, Jesus, why haven't I done this uh, ever before? So there's lots of stuff, you know, I'd be driving into town, going and doing my gigs and all the rest of that, but everything would just be bypassing me. And um, there's a lot of stuff that we have that we don't realise. Get out and enjoy it. It's there for the taking. And uh, it's as good as anywhere else in the world, if not better. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a great note to do it on. Uh, but before we let you go, Dave, I suppose, where can people, if they want to get more from the Black Donnellys from yourself, uh, where, where can people get you? Facebook is, like, because over 6 billion people have it, is the place to be. It's great having uh, websites and we have all of them. The Black Donnelly's Dublin is our website, is our Facebook page. Everything goes through that in, in and out of it. 
Um, uh, we have the Black Donnelly's uh, band, blackdonnellysband.com, which is our website. But as I say, most stuff goes through the Facebook page. That's where it's all happening. That's where you see all the stuff. Uh, if you want to look at the documentary, An Irish Story, This Is My Home, it's on, like you said, Apple TV. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's on Google Play. It's on a host of, of different uh, platforms. All you got to do is just Google it and a list, a plethora of platforms are, are there. You can rent it for as little as two ninety nine. So it's definitely worth it. You'd be glad that you did. It's doing great things for us. It's opened up the door for festivals, for, for uh, theatres, uh, for, for all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, next year is going to be a great year for us. Absolutely, Brilliant. Man. Well, Dave, before I let you go, I just want to, I suppose, thank you as well um, for, I'm, I'm very close to the Cummins family as my auntie is married to Alan. And I want right. to thank you for the song you wrote for Derek. Um, it was yeah. an absolutely sensational tribute. Um, Maureen and Christie absolutely adored it. And I also want to thank you as well. Um, obviously, my poor grandparents uh, left us last year, both of them within six months yeah. of each other. And every I love time, them people. Yeah, every time they saw you in town, they came home with a huge glare on their face and delighted to say that they saw Dave Rooney play in Temple. I, I remember, I remember, I remember. I remember Ray and Linda came in actually to uh, uh, Gogadies when I was playing there. Yeah. And uh, your mother was a, such a lovely woman, and uh, your da- I'll tell you not your mother, your grandmother, and, and your grandfather Ray was was a smashing man, very pleasant, always always nice people, always there. Uh, and I, you know, I, even when I, I'm, I'm thinking of them now and I'm smiling, you know, they were lovely people. Yeah. So, so um, I remember that day in Gogadies, they came home with your CD and okay. one bag. And my granny came home with some oranges in another bag, said that Gogans were giving away free fruit. Oh, yeah. They used to have, yeah. They used to have fruit, fruit on the bars and stuff like that. That's right, yeah. yeah. But they, they were lovely people. Uh, with regards to the song for Derek, well, Derek was my best friend, you know, and um, uh, it took me uh, 30 years to write that song because uh, anytime I tried to do it, I, I'd break down. But the good news is it's that it's going to be on the new album as well, so uh, I'm, ah, I'm really great. taking my time with it. So that'll, that'll be coming out. Hook a very friend. But... Uh, Thanks for saying that. I appreciate yeah. that, Ben. No, very much. It's, it's from the heart as well, because I know the whole Cummins family absolutely adored it. Yeah, they, well, they're, they're great people, and I'm very fond of them. So, uh, and my granddad, my granddad would have just loved to hear that you won an Emmy and all this success. So, obviously, can't tell him that. <laughs> but just you know what I mean. Like, uh, hey, listen, he he's listening. Don't don't you worry. He can hear you. Yeah, he can hear you. He, w- he would have been yeah. so proud and delighted to say that he knew someone who won an Emmy. Well, they're all around us, and I'm sure they're up there having a drink and, 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 and having a good laugh and a dance, you know, so it's all Absolutely. good. Dave, you're a gem. Thanks so much for your time. Dave, thank Continued, you. Continued success. Might get you back on in September when the, the launch, or the launch of the next uh, documentary. Yeah, I, I'd be happy to do whatever you want, lads. I, I'd be happy to jump on. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much indeed. Amazing, Dave. Thank you so much, man. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Thanks so much, you Dave. All the best, fellas. All the best. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye. I love that. I love that chat, man. That was a great chat. Very feel-good chat, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I have to say, right, I, I watched the, the, the documentary. Genuinely brilliant. I'm not just saying because you're on. Genuinely very, very, very enjoyable documentary. It's only about an hour and 20 minutes, and it's, it's great. It'll have you laughing. It'll have you emotional. But the thing yeah. I had me more than anything was gagging for a decent night in the pub with a, with a live band. Honest to God, man. Pining, like, pining, were you? Pining for just that kind of, you know, you're in a pub and you have a point in front of you, your mates around you, you're having a bit of crack and there's decent tunes in the background. Yeah, yeah. Not that music that's too loud where you can't hear your mates or anything like that. Just that nice balance of decent songs where people can join in every so often. And uh, Yeah, yeah. So credit to 
Dave Rooney and Dave Brown of the Black Donnellys, a brilliant documentary, and uh, I highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it. And if you're in Vegas at the Mandalay Bay and head down to Rira's Irish Bar, we went, when you and I and Jono and Carl were there, we went one afternoon and mm. he wasn't playing. Yeah. Obviously, he's not playing in the afternoon, but he plays in the evening. But uh, it's a great pub, great Irish it is. pub, great it hotel. Is. Has an aquarium in the hotel as well. Um, so, yeah, if you're in Vegas, stop by to Rira's. The, the, the Vegas metro line thingy majiggy goes all the way up to Mandalay Bay. So, yeah, he's talked about that. the heat there, 47 degrees. Do you remember when we went to Vegas in the July and um, for the Mendez fight? My God. And do you remember we went to the pawn shop? Graham, it's still the, the biggest disappointment in my life, that pawn shop. All right? We oh, talked yeah. about it in detail. I think it was <laughs> on chapter 189 of the podcast, that, which that, was actually chapter four. But the, the, the temperature that day was 41 degrees. And I remember saying, lads, I'm going to have to get a taxi. My fucking tires are melting. Yeah, it was... Uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been to Vegas twice in July. And mm. both times were a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be into it again. <laughs> no, go, lads, if you're going, go March, go October. It's lovely yeah. then. Like, September, you know I mean? we, met, we met September. Was September lovely. was lovely, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a nice breeze in the evening, but still kind of... But, Anyway, we're, we're, we're not going to talk anything about UFC no. until a few weeks' time when we've a fucking good one lined up then. But anyway, that's that's a completely different story. Uh, look, we'll leave it there because we waffled a lot. It was Excellent. great. Uh, until people, next time. Well, if people want to listen to all that, kind of just do the plug. Search WTS Pod on any podcast provider, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Podcast Republic, anywhere, everywhere you get a podcast. Search WTS Pod. On WTSPod.com, you can listen back to all our episodes, and we're also at WTSPod on Twitter. If you want to get to Danny, he's at Danjo Murray on Twitter, he's at Danjo Murray on Instagram, where occasionally you will see Tree Wolves acting the bollocks on his Insta stories, which is very, very entertaining. And you can get me at Meridian Mania, where content is full of Shamrock Rovers and Sugsy. Until next time, clear eyes, full hearts, can't. Too sweet. <laughs> <laughs>